Bismillah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It's Nadir bin Nasib here, author of Muslims Parenting on Purpose, Volume 1, and creator of OutstandingMuslimParents.com. And alhamdulillah, I'm extremely excited today to really share with you some of the secret sauce, if you will. Okay, today I'm going to talk about seven consistent actions that make your parenting outstanding. Many times I have people that have emailed regarding reading the book or watching some of the videos and going over so many different challenges. And they usually ask, you know, are there just a core set of things or a core set of rules that you've come across that really can help me be a lot better in my parenting? And alhamdulillah, I've come to find that there are about a dozen or so. But these seven things consistently done will not only help you feel better, and help you see a great improvement in your parenting skills, but we think that your influence level will also increase in because alhamdulillah, that's, that's what it's been shown to do. So let's jump right into it. Now, I, again, I consider this the seven consistent actions that make your parenting outstanding checklist. So here are seven things, and let's go. Number one, showing affection. All of us as humans want affection, we want to be recognized, we want to be loved and cared for, all of us, no matter what our age is. And of course, it starts when we're extremely young, it starts even before we're born. So here's the deal, with showing affection, this is what I mean, even if it embarrasses your child or your children, show them affection. The hugging, the kissing, the loving, whether it be leaving small little post-it notes for them or in today's world of technology, sending text messages or an email. Or don't forget about the after salat recharge where right after you offer salat together, you hug each other and you let each other know that I love you. Okay, being in that encouraging and nurturing environment is not something many people on this planet can really attest to. So let us do it. But also at the same time, to give salams, understanding the meaning. See, salam is not just a basic greeting. SubhanAllah, Allah Ta'ala talks in Quran about how the angels had given salam to Adam. This is the greeting of paradise. So, assalamu alaikum. It's a greeting of paradise. And we greet our children with this beautiful greeting. And they greet us with this beautiful greeting. So, let us keep that passion and emotion when we're saying salam as opposed to assalamu alaikum. Okay? <laughs> Let's be sincere with it and passionate about it because we want to show our affection to our children and reciprocate. So again, number one is showing affection, irrespective if they feel embarrassed by it, because wallahi, I know that my father, he would hug me and kiss me and stuff when I was younger, and I'm, hey, I'm a young man, I felt a little embarrassed by it, but as I got older, I learned to appreciate it more. And alhamdulillah, now that he's gone, rahimahullah, I would love for one of his hugs, one of his strong hugs for me, a grown man. So, again, showing that affection is important through the different stages our children travel through. So, again, it's not only good for them, but it's also good for us. Now, ask yourself, how can you implement this in your parenting with your children? And go ahead and write that down. Now, the second thing is to intelligently question, not interrogate our children. Okay, to intelligently question, not interrogate. And this is what I mean. When we ask our children how they feel, for example, many times you may get a traditional, I'm good, or all right, alhamdulillah, or whatever, and it's not really being congruent with their actions. So let's ask how they feel and actually listen to the response 
to determine whether or not they're being congruent. So is their response indicative of how they actually feel? Or is this just the traditional response like when strangers meet to say, hey, how you doing? And, oh, I'm fine or I'm great. Everything's, you know, okay. So let us ask, listen to the response and see if it's congruent with their actions. So we want to be the ones that are able to decipher if there are some issues or challenges or something going on or if there's something on our children's mind, whether or not they want to talk about it. Again, question intelligently. Or another example is asking about the progress of a project or an interest that they may have expressed, whether it be a school project, a home project, something dealing with working on something with someone or progressing on something. Again, as our children get older, they have little tasks. It doesn't matter if they're drawing drawings or playing games or what have you. Let's ask about their progress. Because, again, we want to show interest in what they're doing and we want to continue to keep that line of communication open. All right, another is, you know, asking who their friends are and why they choose that individual or that group of people as friends. You know, it's good to get in their mind to see what they hold valuable to them because that's an expression of their values. Or one thing that I like to do is, you know, ask something, ask about something that's like from the early generations. So, for example, if someone is going shopping somewhere or they don't like the price or they want to go online and find something cheaper, we can discuss how when a companion came to the Prophet and he asked the Prophet to, he was complaining about the prices that were set in the marketplace. And he wanted the Prophet to do some price fixing, if you will. And the Prophet didn't do it. He refused to do it. You know, so we're talking about, you know, an open market. So we can talk about the we're keeping we're talking about these different things in order to help our children recognize and keep Islam as relevant today. So asking something about, you know, again, from the early generations, looking at the Islamic economic system that does not deal with interest in riba and how that relates to maybe some news stories about foreclosures and different interest rates or Federal Reserve banking. And, you know, there are a lot of different things as our children get older. So let's ask about that. Well, what about asking about Fatima, the daughter of the Prophet, and how she was coming up and how the Prophet was talking about justice and to ask our children how they feel about that when he said, you know, if Fatima stole, the Fatima, daughter of Muhammad, if she stole, he will be the one to cut her hand. So to ask our children how they feel about this, what they think about it. Again, we're getting into their minds. We are breaking through and kind of seeing where their psychology is and how they feel. But we're showing that we care. We are being intentional and proactive. So number two is to question intelligently and not interrogate. Not to sit our child down. What's this? What's that? Who's this? Why is that? And so on. Yeah, that's a form of questioning. But that's more of a form of interrogation than questioning intelligently and listening for the responses. Okay. Now, the third thing is to praise our children, but don't flatter them. Praise is authentic. Flattery is false. And people can see through it. For example, we can simply do something like praising our children for keeping things clean. If their room is clean or they've washed the dishes or they've done a good job with chores. Well, alhamdulillah, we can praise them for that. because, And we also remind them that cleanliness is a part of Islam. So as we're praising, we're again, we're making that tie right back to our deen and Islam's relevance in their lives daily. So praise them for keeping things clean or praise them for being well-groomed or making an effort to do so. 
our little children sometimes they want to have a little bit more independence again that parenting and and childhood there's that struggle for independence that tends to be ongoing but at four or five years old some children even younger sometimes they want to get their own clothes to wear they want to have their own style well hey Let's praise them for making that effort, even if the colors don't match or the patterns don't match. They may not necessarily wear what they want to wear that day, but we want to praise their effort in that independence and their style. Alhamdulillah. Another is praising them for striving for excellence. We as Muslims are told we have to and should strive to have ihsan in things that we do. Excellence, right? So after they get done praying or they're making wudu or performing wudu or they're fasting, we want to praise them for that, you know, and praise the behaviors that we want to see consistently. Very, very important because, again, now they have that extra motivation in addition to what they're already doing. So we want to praise them because, again, that helps warm their heart. That helps them be recognized and feel valuable. And that's our responsibility as parents. Keep in mind, if you're not helping your child feel valuable, there will be somebody or something waiting to help them feel valuable. Okay? Shaitan does not sleep if there's something that they do that's bad. And somebody recognizes that, we must be aware that we have to provide that value and that recognition and that feeling of importance. Because these are our children. This is our responsibility. Number four. Well, to recap real quick. That was number three. And number three is praising our children not flattering them now number four is sharing we should share now i'm not talking about a generic sharing of items or things that we traditionally talk about when it's there we have more than one child and we want one child to share with the other what i mean is sharing of yourself sharing stories of your family history like when you were a child things that would require our children to utilize their imagination because of course they weren't there Right. So stories of when we were younger, or we were learning to offer Salat, if that's the case. When I was younger, there was no offering Salat because we were not even Muslims. So stories from my youth will be dealing with funny stories, maybe from my father, or my grandparents or different parts of the culture I was raised upon. So stories and even the stories that aren't so good are also the ones that show our vulnerability or maybe when we had gotten in trouble as a youth. So stories of our family history, they're always exciting. And try new stories because the same story over and over and over again, that yeah, very repetitive, kind of gets a little boring. <laughs> now, sharing your expectations. Letting our children know of their potential and, and what we expect of them. This is very important. Because if we don't set a bar, then how are they going to know where to strive? Someone has to set that bar. And it's interesting because in the schooling system, schools tend to set a bar. They have a grading system. They have dates when homework is due. They have exams. They have tests and, quiz and quizzes and so on. So we have to set our expectations for our children in different areas of life. And I'm not going to go into it, but I'm, I'm specifically talking about the six different categories that most of us experience in our lives in order to have good balance. But also sharing your gratefulness for them, Allah Ta'ala helped you birth your team. You know, Allah Ta'ala created these children from you, from your DNA structure to be part of your family. And the most intimate relationships we have are with our direct family. 
So express our gratefulness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for them who knows who's the all-knowing. So subhanAllah. Also sharing hadith about loving your children. Like the Prophet would love Hassan and Hussein, his grandchildren. He would love them and they would crawl upon him when he was offering salat or how he came down from the mimbar while giving uh, a khutbah. And, and picked him up and talked about him. SubhanAllah. So talk about this love for our children. And talk about how Allah Ta'ala loves those who thank people. Okay, so again, very important. Small things will make a big difference over time. So think about how you can implement this in your parenting. Now, that's number four, sharing. Five, being fun. Being fun. Okay, this, depending on where you are in the world and whatever your personality type, people like to have fun. We all like to have fun. Whatever it is we consider fun. <laughs> it reminded me of a song, but nevertheless, being fun. For example, our children, when they're younger, they play a lot. They play and they learn and they do all these different things. And they're playing. They're using their imagination. We should be playful as well. That doesn't mean to be immature. No, not at all. But it does mean being able to play with our children, whether it is board games that our, our children learn with. Children board games, a connect four, chess, checkers, cash flow 101 as they get older. I mean, there are many different types of board games. What board games? Islamic board games like Mecca to Medina or Kalimat. There are so many, subhanAllah, and they're fun. And it helps build culture and helps our children see our playful side and competitive side. Or play some video games with them. That's another type of form of game. Play some video games. Or going on outings. Getting out of the house or doing different events. Or whether it be going to different parks or cookouts or different brothers or sisters' homes and so on. And visiting them. Or going to different events. Whether it be Islamic conferences or conventions and so on. But to actually go and have fun. Okay? So, like I say, put the fun back in fundamentalism. <laughs> okay? Yes, fun is part of the fundamentalism philosophy, right? You have to spell fundamentalism with fun. So anyway, nevertheless, I'm not going to go into that. It's a joke. Being fun here. All right, number five, being fun. Number six, being dedicated to learning. SubhanAllah. It's amazing because our children see us as that celebrity that we talk about. Okay? So they see what we're doing. And I learned a long time ago that I would rather watch a leader then listen to one any day. I'd rather watch a leader, what they're doing, how they're acting in their daily life. And subhanAllah, we know when we look at the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam, it is not only his actions, the things that he said and the things that he did, but also things that he allowed to, that occurred in front of him and that he did not uh, correct. So, you know, so looking at the sunnah, our children are looking at us really in the same fashion. They want to see what we're doing, how we're doing different things. And sometimes they model themselves behind it or they may have to correct us if it's wrong. But they imitate. Okay? So we have to be dedicated to learning. Studying Islam. Studying and understanding our aqidah. Knowing about fiqh. Now, you don't necessarily have to go and be a scholar or you're going to study to be thought about ilm or anything like that, but a student of learning or anything, but studying Islam. What are you currently studying? What are you learning? How are you bettering yourself in this ocean of knowledge through, of this deen? SubhanAllah. Small thing that has big results. So what are you studying? Okay, we want our children to continually learn, to continue to become better, to continue to educate themselves. And as you already know, or should know, and if you don't know, I'm going to remind you that schooling and education are two different things. 
I remember hearing a quote by Mark Twain that said, I never let schooling get in the way of my education. Well, education is what you take as knowledge and you get to implement it becomes part of you. Where schooling is a system that's set up and usually has outside um, achievements or people from the outside that determine what the benchmarks are. Now, I'm not saying schooling is not good or anything. I'm just saying that education goes through for life. Where schooling might go when you just memorize and pass a test. Okay, again, both of them have their significant important have significant importance in different parts of your life. But ongoing education, I'm not telling you to study Islam so that you get a grade from a teacher. No, study Islam to apply it to your life so that it benefits you now, but most importantly in the Akhirah. Most importantly, after we leave this life and being an example for our children. Okay, simple carries a lot of weight. Now, of course, knowing history, knowing the history of the country that you live in. How did it come about? When did the borders get drawn up? What were the wars? When did Islam come to that nation? Has Islam yet come to that nation? Are you considered a minority based upon your beliefs? Like I am living in the West, but Islam was here way before the United States was formed. So no history. Know that Muslims in the States or Muslims in the West far before Columbus Knowing history is very important because you're able to articulate and draw parallels because, again, I've heard the farther you can see into the past is the farther you can see into the future. And that allows us to provide our own narrative of things. That goes into that confidant. That helps us to be able to see things that the masses don't see because the masses do not study nor are they dedicated to learning. I remember hearing a statistic, pretty sad, that said less than 3% of the population in the United States actually has a library card. Amazing, because libraries are full of information and knowledge and so on that can teach you just about anything from learning different languages to learning Islam to learning so much. But less than 3% even possess a library card, let alone use it. Amazing. Sad, but true. Now, the seventh thing, again, number six, is being dedicated to learning. Now, the seventh thing that can be done consistently that really helps to make your parenting outstanding is providing balanced leadership. Balanced leadership. What I mean is, you are a parent. Our children have, have one father, they have one mother. Now, if you're a stepfather or a stepmother and so on, that's fine. But they have one father and one mother that they have come from that Allah Ta'ala decided to create from their DNA. So providing balanced leadership. And what I mean here is discipline when appropriate and understand that discipline does not necessarily mean punishment. So discipline when appropriate. Discipline is what allows people who are fit and have great health to continue having ample energy and be able to do things that people would consider amazing or incredible because of discipline, eating in a certain fashion, resting enough, drinking, keeping themselves hydrated, working out and working their muscles in a certain fashion. That's discipline. So discipline when appropriate to help our children understand mentally what's going on and making the right choices. Of course, there's always a time for punishment, which is another part of discipline. But we must understand that they are not synonymous, that they are not the same thing. When I say discipline, that does not mean that that means punishment or spanking or, or whatnot. So discipline when appropriate. The main goal of it is to help our children understand and make good decisions to be able to think deeper on things. OK, so discipline when appropriate, because. As parents, our children want us to parent. They don't want to get 
everything. They may ask for everything, but they actually don't want everything. They want a parent to say no when it's time. They want a parent to actually have borders. We must recognize that we're not their friends. They can have many friends. We are their parents. They have one of those. And Allah Ta'ala has raised our status and position for our children. That, you know, we have the ability to lay down the law, if you will. We have the ability to guide and direct them. They are in a manner. They are a trust. So we must recognize we're not simply just a friend. We are a father. We are a mother. We are a parent. We have an amana to Allah Ta'ala. And there's no obedience to the creation and disobedience to the creator. So with that, also with providing balanced leadership is not allowing our emotions to get the best of us. We must recognize that our intellect in following what Allah Ta'ala and His Messenger, alayhi salatu wasalam, say, is far more important than our emotions. Or if we get upset, or if we're sad, or we're not sure about something, and we decide to bend the rules. No. We're Muslims. We're to submit to what Allah Ta'ala says. So we have to make the best choice possible with what's allowed for us. So controlling our emotions is very important. Or we give that example, which is not a good example, of losing control. And we want our children, again, to be balanced. So providing that leadership... Balanced leadership is very important. Okay, so let me recap very briefly the seven consistent actions that make your parenting outstanding. One, showing affection. Two, questioning intelligently, not interrogating. Three, praising intelligently, not flattering. Four, is sharing. Sharing you. Five, being fun. All right. Having that energy and enthusiasm, being fun. Six is being dedicated to learning, lifelong learning, committing to it, being dedicated to it. And seven is providing balanced leadership that your children can be proud of and learn from and be that example. So inshallah to Allah, you can begin implementing these things in your life daily. And matter of fact, the, the great thing is there are seven right here. So you could focus on one a day for the next seven days, even though you could do all of these in a morning if you wanted to. And many times we already do different parts of these. It's really becoming more conscious of them so we can do it more and gather better results in our relationship with our children. But try one a day. Try focusing on one a day. If today is easier for you to focus on the first one, where you show affection, well then show affection. Note that down. Check. You did it. Didn't questioning intelligently and opening those lines of communication with our children as they grow and they mature? Hey, check. Write that down tomorrow. So you could do it one a day for seven days, but the better you get at consistently in these different areas, you will have a strong, encouraging, nurturing, open relationship with your child, which is something outstanding parents strive for and something that is that does not come haphazardly. It takes focus. It takes intention. It takes being proactive. And alhamdulillah, I congratulate you for sticking through this training, listening to this information. And I encourage you to go ahead and try it in your life. And of course, come visit us at OutstandingMuslimParenting.com. Join the academy. And I look forward to seeing you on the other side and sharing more information with you. And of course, if you got some great stuff, let us know. We love the testimonials and the stories that we're hearing. Or if you have any questions, do the same. We'll see you on the other side. This is Nadir bin Nasib signing off for, again, OutstandingMuslimParents.com. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.